0: What's up, everyone? It's the best night of the week. Welcome to 614 Headsets. We're your hosts, Kyle Stout. Ryan Sayers, say hello to everybody. Back in town. I'm exa- I'm
1: excited for this one. Another guy that's juiced up like me. Wait till you guys meet this dude. <laughs> yeah,
2: Donnie, say what's up. What's up, everyone? Excited for episode six. Let's get it rolling.
0: And myself, Kyle Stout. I'm not going to lie. This guy has more juice than Mr. Allgas himself. Hey, Tom, mm-hmm. Bra- Tom Brady said it best. Football is unconditional love, and we couldn't agree more. This game is a lifestyle, and we consider our podcast a show or a movement lifestyle. We're three high school football coaches from the Columbus area who just live and love this game, man. And that's why we're coaching right now all the time, and we're still hopping on here trying to create great content for you guys. Donnie, what we got in episode six, man?
2: We're going to be doing a lot of talking with Coach Caduti, asking a few tough questions from our Pick 6 segment, a few tough questions, go over some of our all-gas hot takes, a new little segment going on here for all of college football and NFL, talk about the transfer portal's impact, and then do a deep dive into the wide shoot system and full Mm -hmm. sheer football. Got a great one lined up this evening.
0: Man, I can't wait. Before we begin, though, let's talk about our main partner and who could be any better than Fundraising University, Fundraising University of Ohio offers a variety of fundraising efforts. that helps football teams run profitable, effective, and fast-paced fundraisers designed to raise the most money in the shortest amount of time to reach their fundraising goals. Fundraising University of Ohio is locally owned, operated, and with their six-step blitz system will help your team maximize profits. As a current coach himself, Brent Maxwell with Fundraising University will sit down and help you pick, plan, strategize, and execute your fundraiser that will allow you as a coach to focus on your practice time, prep time, player development, and personal time. Fundraising University of Ohio offers 60-minute donation platforms where you have your money back in eight days, digital and hard copy discount cards, where Fundraising University will put in all the work for you, and their popcorn sale, which has been phenomenal from what I've heard of. If you're interested in running a fundraiser, please reach out to Brent Maxwell at bmaxwell at you, the letter u.net, or 740-501-8946 to learn how to get started with fundraising. Brent is still looking for football teams for this summer. It's not too late. This is a new one. The boys don't know what's coming. And when you reach out to Brent, you let him know. 614 Headsets told you about it. And you're going to get a promotional price and you're going to get a little something that helps your program out even better Love since it. you decided to be a fan of us and be a fan of Fundraising University. And I tell you what, you just got to do that. Donnie, get us into this first topic. Let's go. Man, I'm excited for this guy, man. Coach Caduti, head coach, Full High School, Full Texas, the Chargers, right, Coach? That's right. Let's coach go. Clark. Purple. The That's dirty S. Right? The dirty S, hey, man. Throw it Let's up, coach. Throw it up. I know
1: you the got dirty this. F. Yep, there you so go.
0: This guy's coming <laughs> off an amazing 11 and 2 season this past fall. I actually found this guy off Twitter. I'm sitting there looking next thing i know i see this amazing draft video right where next thing i know it's this production he's got the draft order the drafts are picking the kids there's cheerleaders here electric man i had to reach out
1: kids in a suit everything, everything. Suit, cowboy hat
0: they do it bigger in texas baby I love that. (laughs) Added him and had, I reached out to him that morning, man. And thankfully, I'm so glad this guy reached back out to us. It's like, absolutely, let's talk. And I've been a big fan ever since I, I followed him, man. And I can't wait to talk more about it. You know what's really great, Donnie? This guy's a former O-lineman himself. Oh, Hell right? yeah. He's a former fat, nasty, baby, a BDB. You're outnumbered, Sayers. You're outnumbered. you A lot of O-linemen tonight. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs>
1: I, I'm going to say this, though. Look, he's the, obviously lost the most weight and
0: changed the He's somebody. the best <laughs> looking <laughs> O-lineman on yeah, here.
2: There's no doubt about that.
0: And if you're yeah, watching yeah. the podcast tonight, Everybody's gonna recognize that he's Frank Gorilla. He's a movie star, (laughs) right? You're gonna think we duped you. Not just that, let's just keep going on. He's a Dave Campbell, Texas football coach's top 40 for under 40. He's gonna turn 40 in 13 days. So he just I guess he just somewhat (laughs) made that list. I know he made that list a year or two ago, but that's awesome, coach. He's a glazier clinic speaker, in my opinion. You can't get any better than the Glacier Clinics. There's no BS. There's no culture. It's just straight football.
1: Best clinic out there.
0: It's fantastic. He's a CrossFit Ninja Warrior guy, right, Coach? <laughs> I was. <laughs> he was, from what I've read. Correct me if I'm wrong. Hired in 2021. Yep. Got the job two years ago. Hired in 2021, and as I looked back through full sheer football, Full share football before coach had had some dark times, some average years, some, they might've had a storied background. I don't know. I didn't go back too deep. So I rolled back for a little while. Coach came in, had a good year, his first year, what you would consider laying a groundwork and then knocked it out of the park last year, man. 11 and two really established things. It's exciting. Coach go ahead. Talk to us about your journey because I know you have been all over and just go ahead and spend a second talking about yourself or what's gotten to this point.
3: Yeah, man. No, you're good. I've been everywhere. I uh, make a long story short. I've been all over the country. I have a, so I have a degree in biochemical engineering, believe it or not. Really thought I was going to be an engineer for about 12 days in college, but uh, the old man made me finish the degree. Uh, but so I played, uh, you know, I went to the University of Kansas, originally left went to Baker University and then William Jewell. And then when I got done playing ball, I bounced around. I played played the NFL for a little bit, played CFL for a bit, played Arena League for a while, NFL Europe. You name it, brother, I I played in it. Hey, Coach,
0: real quick. What position did you play at those?
3: I was a center, man. I weighed 350 when I played. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is great, man. uh, My wife married me when I was
0: fat and when I was poor, so I know she loves me. Dude, this dude's this dude's a... Buck 205 max. Oh, yeah, I you ain't, ah. I'm
3: 225, man. Yeah, remember, I'm, I'm about six foot three, man. I'm still trying to hold on to some glory muscle in my life.
0: <laughs> me too, I, man. Me too. I'm with you.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I man. seen Stout this past weekend. He's starting to lose it. Let me just tell you, back in the day, I picked North my th- or three or four years ago. Stout still had it, but he's <laughs> starting to lose it.
3: No, man. So we went, I started coaching after I got done playing. Started. Actually, I had a small school in Southwest Missouri. That's where my parents were living. Started there at a place called Glendale High School. And then I went to Brigham Young University in LA Valley Community College. And I was the head coach of a school right outside of Springfield, Missouri called Marshfield. So damn country. And man, that place is so country. We had Diesel Row in the back where the kids used to, uh, used to have the bumper stickers in the back that said, Diesel Smoke makes me horny. It was one of those places, man, where kids would roll into the school with the fucking deer, the deer the deer head hanging out the back of the out of the bed after they killed it that morning. Left there, man. Long story short, man, decided I didn't want to be a head coach anymore. Took a job, position coach job in Beaumont Westbrook High School in Texas. And if you don't know them, Beaumont was actually supposed to be the original. Remember the Titans. So that school, this is no lie to you, man. That school did not desegregate until 1983. Jeez. Yep. And so when they finally brought the black and the white school together in 1983, they went 0 and 4 and then won the state title in Texas. Wow. Yeah. And if wow. you know the name Jerry Ball, played nose guard for the Lions. He was the running back. So it, it's a different place, man. In, in the two and a half years I spent there, man, there's five guys in the NFL right now that from that football team that I coached. Wow. Just dudes run, just dudes everywhere. It's just an unbelievable place, man. It's just. Southeast, Southeast Texas, down there by the border, Louisiana, that's just a different world. Boys, that's a different world.
0: It's so interesting for me because here I am in Ohio, but my cousin grew up, and he graded. I'm a cousin. He's from Texas and outside of the Houston area. Yeah. And it's just interesting to me to hear all this, and we're just so excited to hear about Texas football and Ohio football. I can't wait, man.
3: Oh, man, It's great. Ended up leaving. Went to a school called Tomball, which is north of, Tech, north of Houston with the guy that was the head coach in Westbrook. I went with him. He took a chance on me. Guy took a chance on me, man. If you know anything about Texas, man, these people, unless you're from Texas, it's hard to get in, man. It's like a cult down here. And so I wasn't a guy from Texas. And so I, this guy took a chance on me. So I went with him to Tomball. I was there four years. Interviewed for a job. Believe it or not, this tells you where Texas high school football was at the time. I, I got called by an athletic director to interview for a head job of a school on the east side of Houston. So I go and I meet with them, go look at houses, man. We're talking the whole shebang, right? I don't even get, I don't even get a final interview. Ugh. He calls me afterwards, tells me the board said they can't hire me because I'm not from Texas.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow.
3: But yeah, so I make a long story short, man. After that, I kind of chipped my shoulder. I was like, screw these people. I'm going to show them I can do it. This school district, I actually, I was a finalist for two jobs in the school district and I got this job two years ago. This school is only six years old, man. It's uh, so the school I'm at right now is Fulcher high school. It's the fastest growing school in the state of Texas. Two years ago, I took the job. There were 1,680 kids in my high school. I will open next year with (laughs)
0: 3,400. In two years, I'll have 5,000 kids. So talk to me coach a little bit because divisions go differently in different States. Yeah. I hopped on. It said you were 5A. Yep. Is 5A the largest in Texas or so it goes
3: to 6A? And so, so like in Texas, it's so big, there's so many there's so many schools in the state of Texas that each division is broken into two divisions. So there's a 5A D one and a 5A D two. Okay. So when I first took a job, we were a division two. We had, I think what, seventeen hundred kids. And this year we moved up. Every two years you move up, you they do the snapshot for population. But so this year, when we moved up, we actually went 11-2 and two this year, and we played a much tougher schedule. I called it – it was basically the SEC of, you, of Texas football. When we jumped into this – we jumped into this district, there's nine teams. They take the top four and they go to the playoffs. Of the nine
0: teams, eight of them had made it to the second round or further the year before. Wow. And real quick, because it might be different from both of our states, yep. how often – because you just talked about a massive jump that your school's going to go through. How oh, yeah. often do they – redo your enrollment and redo your redivisions Every so, two years. Same here. Yeah. So do you see your? Are you going to be six a in the future? So oh, yeah. So okay. yeah. Well, so what is the
1: six a limit? Like, where do you, they change it
3: every year. So every two years they change it. But so right now, 2,300 kids, hell dude, I'm going to open up a 3,400, right? So six. And so the biggest classification in the state of Texas is pretty interesting, man. A lot of schools have, they'll play with that game. you've heard of Katie high school, right? Everyone's got yeah. the Katy Tigers. So Katy is five miles north of me. Five. Yeah, miles I north. looked.
0: I I hopped on yeah. Google Maps. I saw Katy was oh, there. Dude. You're on the west side of Houston. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, and so Katy's just five. But Katy does everything they can to stay Division two, six A. They try to stay a smaller six A so they don't have to play the schools with six thousand, seven thousand. Dude, Allen High School has nine thousand kids.
0: That's, That's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy to think because we, to put it in perspective for you, coach. We're here in Columbus and the school, Donovan and I coach together. We're at Gannon High School. And what do we have, Donovan? 2,300, 2,500, somewhere yeah, in there. Close in there. And we're one of the largest schools in Columbus. Not the state, but we're up there. Yeah. And that's just crazy to hear these numbers and compare and oh, talk about but it. like
1: our school district, mine is unique because I'm in Columbus City. And uh, so we have 17 high schools that have football programs. There's a ton of middle schools, but not every high school. We need to close schools down because none of us are competing for state. And we're also struggling with numbers. You know what I mean? Oh. So it's just, they don't, the things here just don't make much sense because I have a school that's Seven miles this way, two miles over here, three miles this way, and they're all Columbus City Schools. Um, and the population like that in the city schools is not like that anymore. Kids will go to the suburbs and rather go get. Oh yeah, to the yeah, suburbs. yeah. Um, so so
3: it's, it's really interesting. So like where we're at, man, like in the city of Houston, and I've learned this as I moved here. The city of Houston's pretty neat because like you get in those inner city schools and you have your typicals, and then you just keep moving out, out, and out. But there's the, there's always a few that are unbelievably talented. But so, so let's give you an example. If I took a, if you dot, if you dotted on a map on my high school and drew a 10, a 10, mile radius around my high school, you would see three different school districts and you would see nine high schools with over 3000 kids in it and 10 mile radius. Jeez. Jeez, Like, so like my neighborhood is zoned where I live. My house is zoned in my high school. If I take a walk literally across the stop sign, which is a block from my house, it's another school district. Jeez. So it's different, man. It's very – in Texas, especially in these metropolitan
1: areas. That's the really like Columbus City where if I look – I'm standing on my practice field. A street runs this way. The house is on this side, and everybody that side is Westerville South. They had two kids that were all state kids, and I could throw a baseball or a football to their house from my practice field. That's nice. And it was just like – it's brutal you see them getting like their signs out in the yard just, oh yeah <laughs> my, my
0: kids are oh duh, 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 yeah that is, that's crazy to hear the growth that school's having oh. Bro, the dirty
1: f baby oh think about, <laughs>
3: hey no lie to you think about this so i started my string conditioning camp in the summer monday okay i had 13 football players move in wow like i 13 guys, like new kids. Never, one kid was from New York. One kid is from like the other side of Texas. One kid's from California. One kid's from Nevada. They're everywhere, man. I'm telling it's, this place is, I've never been a part of it. Bro, they just build roads and build houses. They're building 30,000 houses in my school district in the next two years.
1: I'm about to move down there, coach. I'll coach come the on, D-line. Come Let me on,
0: me too, <laughs> baby. On. I'm a country boy. I'm ready. Yeah, Come hey, go. Let's go. Action. I'm I not a country guy. I'm lie. serious.
1: I'm not a country guy being from Youngstown, but I would love that. The Texas football is intense. It's great down there. You're
3: you the... from Youngstown?
1: Yeah. Yep, yep.
3: So, my. Uh, dirty. My... Yo,
1: you guys call it the dirty F down there, but we always called it the die. The the dirty yo or three three yo.
3: So my pops, so my old man before he passed away was living in Hermitage, Sharon right there. The NBA,
1: yeah right over I there.
3: All, yeah, I used to be up there all the time,
0: man.
1: Oh yeah, hey,
3: Youngstown's ghetto as hell, but they got some good Italian food.
0: That's where yeah. that baby. <laughs> pierogies the, too. But, they're apparently uh, they're yeah, known dude. for their pierogies. Oh, and That's I'm gonna tell you this.
1: But pizza joints, like when I eat pizza down here, I, it's terrible. The pizza here is just miserable.
3: Oh, yeah, because your group around a bunch of Italians, man.
1: Oh, it's unreal. up there, it's yeah. unreal. I could name six off the top of my head that would blow every, the best one out down here.
0: Wouldn't have All guessed
2: right. Youngstown as the Italian food spot.
0: All right, Coach. Hey, the
1: mafia is still deep there, too. <laughs> oh, it hell is. Oh,
0: yeah. All <laughs> right. So, Coach, we got a, a pick six segment, right? All pick right, talk six man. football. We love it. We're going to fire out six random questions, and you have no idea what they are, and they are great this week. Donovan, <laughs> go ahead and start it out.
2: I'm so, not going to lie. It was hard to pick, too, because like we've done it the past two weeks, and I'm like, all right, i me use my best bullets first. And I'm like, crap, I don't know. Now I couldn't think of anything. All right, first one from me, what is the best sauce for wings? This is great.
0: Oh, best sauce. I'm a garlic parmesan guy, bro.
3: Love
0: it. Now, Love coach, it. do you like the real Parmesan sprinkled on? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Yep. Hold different, up a second. But here's now okay. here's a problem.
0: Different though. joints do it different around I, here's here. Here's the real here's a real problem, dude.
3: I hate wings. I hate food really? on a bone, dog. I don't know I why. Saying,
1: so I was just about to ask. Do you like yeah. chicken nuggets or do you like traditional? Dude,
3: I don't like I don't like food on a bone.
1: Nah, he's a know, chicken man. nugget guy. He's a chicken <laughs> nugget guy. He don't
0: like the. i to like the he like the Hey, there's he a time like and board. a place. There's a time and a place. Donovan. All ahead. right,
2: second one. If you had to listen to one singer, or musician, or band—your choice between the three—for the rest of your life, who would it be?
0: Oh, shit. Only one.
2: Yep. Oh shit! You can listen to any song in there. It does to be the same song, but one. It could be the same artist. Yep, same artist, same mu- musician, same band, single singer, whatever it is. Seven Dust. Okay. Oh, yeah. has a juice factory. I can respect it.
3: Seven Dust. like <laughs> hey, hey, this is a true story, and you, I'll tell you why. I used to own a security company when I was playing in Louisiana and New Orleans and stuff. And so I used to do their, they used to do a lot of like club tours and I would do their security. And uh, the uh, tour manager had pink hair and tattoos everywhere. And her and I were real close.
1: <laughs> See, he is, what an animal. Worldly. Just like you I'm said, worldly, Jesus bro. <laughs> You're a Rob
0: Zombie fan coach? I don't mind him. A little too much for me, man.
3: Yeah, right. I still need a dude that can sing.
1: You, do you listen to any like rap and stuff with your players? stuff? Like yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, dude, man. Let's,
1: Who's your favorite rapper? Who do you get down with? No, okay,
3: I hate new rap with an undying I passion. It. I hate new with rap with you,
0: man. I'm hey. with you. I don't download I it. it, it's awful. You guys are showing your age today, right in, the, today in the weight the room. Line. It
3: was straight 90s, Pox greatest hits. Machiavelli was all the speakers, baby. Let's I roll. can't
0: do the new stuff, man. Is I can't. Bad. I
3: Hey, I'll say this as nice as I can, man. It's too homosexual for me, man. It is. <laughs> man. Yeah.
0: I'm going to tell you
1: this. I will say this. I get down with some of the new music. I no. just don't get down here with being a young boy. I cannot. Nope.
3: Yeah, with no. little, little baby's a big one right here.
0: Mr. Pop Smoke. Here he comes. You <laughs> I know. like Pop
1: Smoke. I like Pop Smoke a little
3: bit. Rest in peace. Travis Scott's the guy here because he's from Travis here. Scott's good. Yep. Okay. Yeah,
1: I could get down with him a little bit. He's yeah. a little I like Travis Scott, though. I'm not going to lie.
3: Yeah, I got a bunch of shoes too, trust me. Yeah.
1: (laughs) My shoes ain't strong, dog. Oh yeah. See? I wear
3: a
0: different pair I wear a different pair of shoes every game, no lie.
1: See, you're rolling there.
0: I don't buy I don't wear whatever daddy ward buys me. Whatever daddy ward buys me, I wear. I'm too poor, man. I
3: gotta have clout with the kids, man. I'm starting I to get grays right? in my beard, I man. Like, I got
1: the, I, I wear my Jordan 13s and everything, but I don't wear them to the game field because we don't have turf, Coach. I got grass.
3: Oh, so bro, I haven't played on grass in nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coach, hey. I'm still
1: painting my field, baby. Every week.
3: Oh, dude, these, hey, if I asked my coaches to paint a field, they'd lose their what shit. the
1: hell, how do you pop a line?
0: Send yeah. me. Send maybe, me. maybe it's the O line in me, baby. Well, I don't care what shoes are on. Just put them on me. Let's yeah, go to work. It's the old he's school O line. Hey, hey
1: man, I, it ain't about being flashy. You got? Hey, I'm ready now. to
0: go to work. I, you, you. I played can't.
1: my
3: entire last year in the Arena Football League wearing Jordan 14 13s. Put them.
0: Put the most basic shoes hey, on me, baby, I'm grinding to go to work.
1: We're, we rock the Jordan 13s when we're going out to work, and we're going Oh, yes. To work, so that's why we're juicing. Sayers. Coach, if Take any – questions. I'm going to say this. If animals could talk, which animal would cuss the most?
0: Which animal
3: would cuss the most? Yes. A hyena.
1: A hyena. Oh, that's
2: a good that's answer. That's great. That's
3: a good answer. Oh yeah. Watched too much of, I watched I too much of the Lion King when I was growing up. I look yeah. at that. <laughs> you're always making fun of somebody.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect one. All right. The next one. In football, we have a lot of this. We have useless things made. What is the most useless thing that was created for football that's out there right now? Technology wise, whatever that you've just seen, like flipping through a book, and you're just like, wait, Seven whatever. on
2: seven. Okay. <laughs> yes. Targeting rule. Yeah,
1: seven oh, on dude. seven. Honestly,
0: man, You're my honestly, hero.
3: The, the, mo- the most useless thing in football right now, this is no lie to you, is I cannot stand. I cannot stand with an undying passion. I cannot stand it. I hate it. I hate the penalties they're calling for personal fouls. Oh,
1: you yeah. Targeting
3: unsportsmanlike, can't celebrate. Dude, it's okay, guys. Have fun. I
0: can't stand Can we talk about are we done complaining about knee pads over the knees? No, they're not. No, oh. 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 Nobody, the nobody wore no, the no knee? uniform maker even creates <laughs> pants are things that cover the knees. Are we done? Nope. Coach hey, I never
1: do. Listen, uh, coach. In Texas, we wear,
0: the only time
3: they, we wear pants is during games. Okay. I don't okay. wear them practice. Nothing. So, coach, listen.
1: Do they,
0: they kick you your same in Texas? Texas? What's Ryan, that?
1: Shut they, up with this
0: bougie internet from Canal. Shut, Ryan. Stop. Do they do the same thing in Texas? Is it a? the moment those knees are covered, they pull the, pull the kid out or try to do oh, something yeah, about 100%. it. Oh. It's an
3: emphasis this year. And it's usually the first three weeks. And after that, they're like, Coach, I don't give a shit. <laughs> they just they stop pretending at that point. They stop caring at that point. Or the all one right. where hey, you need to cover his back plate. First of all, he's no lineman. His fat ass doesn't need a back plate. So just tell me he's going to cover it.
2: Okay.
0: I, it's interesting to see that is the same Oh, it's everywhere. from here to there. It's oh, yeah. just wild. Yeah, Man. that's a hell of a hill to die on. Knee pads. Crazy. All right, coach. Two more. If you had a time machine, would you travel to the future or go back to the past? Oh, you really know the truth of that? Yeah. I go back to the past. when I was 18 years old and tell them how
3: to gamble and win all the money in the world. <laughs> oh, Ooh,
1: that's a perfect.
0: All that's... right. All right. I'm Interesting back to the future, take. here, bud. Interesting take. <laughs> All right. Now, I had a different question. And then my wife and I were watching Bar Rescue. And I don't know how we got onto this topic. We started talking about school lunches. Okay. And I had to change this question. And I had to ask you, what was your favorite school lunch growing up that you can remember? Bro, the rectangle pizza with pepperoni. <laughs> Cool, right pizza its so fun, Donnie. What was your best school lunch you remember? Probably, and it's weird because it's not a lunch
2: menu item, but the French toast sticks, those generic hey, hey. Ooh, like four okay. French toast sticks, the all sausage right. patties are right. like, right. Were they still deep frying them? Though? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because you eat it and you'd be like, Oh, yeah, oh, there's all the
0: oil.
3: You
2: dude, can do the deep fried
3: burritos there. they used to give us.
0: SM before the Michelle Obama years, Ryan. Yeah, what right, are you yeah. saying? I'm watching the children's health.
1: If you tag Austin Town Fitchiness and our and anybody from where I'm from, they will tell you the cream turkey day is crazy. They still, <laughs> no, they sell it. Listen, bro. I don't know laugh. No. Listen, don't laugh. All they right. sell it to the public still. Like literally, you can get it. Like throughout some weeks, they'll be like, all right, we're having cream turkey day. And people will go buy. I would go. It it was the best thing ever.
0: <laughs> I can't say anything. Bro. We're going to end this segment on cream turkey. Nani, let's go. I can't believe the hell that is. Nani, next know. segment. Cream <laughs> All right. It's what everybody has come to expect. Mr. All Gas No Breaks. I'm not going to lie, though. This guest has more juice and more gas. Wait. Than <laughs> all gas. Go ahead. And get this party started. And this is different today. This is a new all gas segment. Go ahead, Ryan. I'm, I'm
1: gonna tell you right now. He's senior all gas, no break. Like he's the, you know, what I mean, he's the old guy in that. He got way more juice than me at his age. But look, I will say this: all gas, no breaks. Everybody seen to leave from the from the Jets. Say that right when they, he got the job and everything. He took that from me just so everybody. Yeah. Knows. <laughs> I said that I, I had a hashtag on Twitter. Ooh. Wait, it, Shut, it, up. Is it, it, was Sala? Shut up, Salah. I'm pretty sure it's Salah. Saleh, whatever is dumbass name. It's Salah. Sala. Sala
3: Nobody's gonna remember anyways. Well, right. be, uh, continue. So look, get
1: into him, right? At the Jets, is Aaron Rodgers gonna win a championship this season with the Jets?
0: Let me hear. It. Donnie, put that visual up for us. Let's. So the question is, Aaron Rodgers wins a championship, whether it is a conference championship. Or the Super Bowl this season with the Jets? Our fan vote, just so everybody knows, all gas is yes, all breaks is no. Eighty-three percent all breaks. Mm-hmm. Coach, we got smart. We got a smart. Gas group. Let's start with Coach Kaduti on every epi- on every question. Coach, what do you think?
1: Hell no!
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> it's still the Jets, man.
3: No, mm-hmm. no chance. There's no chance. They're missing so many pieces, man. Smart they can't man. Win. It's a bad culture. Smart wow.
2: man.
1: <laughs> good. Donnie, go ahead.
2: So, this is tough because I still think Aaron Rodgers is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Call me crazy. I still think he's top five. But, like, he's definitely not winning the Super Bowl. He's not beating the Chiefs. He's not beating the Bills. He's not beating the Bengals. And, like, us in the NFC itself, I don't think his team is good enough Or better enough, even with him being a top five quarterback. They're not gonna beat beat the 49ers. 49ers. They're not gonna beat the 49ers, they're not gonna beat the Eagles, they're not gonna beat the Redskins, they're not gonna beat any of those teams. Redskins.
1: Oh, yeah. The Um, commanders don't know who they are.
0: It's a diehard. Look at the jersey in the back corner. He ain't he's gonna he's I saw the Haskins jersey. I, I knew it was over. I,
2: I had to sneak in a little Eagles 49ers Redskins, but no, <laughs> all breaks on that one.
0: Hey, I'm not gonna lie to I'm with you. I'm on all breaks on this one. I think it's a big year to see what Rogers still has. I think last year when you watched Rogers, he looked frustrated. Oh yeah. He looked like a almost like at times like a bad leader, a bad teammate made bad decisions it's an uncharacteristic year for him he turned the ball over more than he ever had in years previous I think it's interesting I just think in the division he's in though it's just too loaded I just I think the Jets had their hurrah type of a year but it's not a year that's sustainable for me personally when you look at everybody else as even in just that division I'm gonna tell I you,
1: it's all breaks too. I gotta go all breaks. This is a dog pound year. <clears throat> <clears throat> We're winning it all for sure. Watson's oh gonna my take God. it over. Yes. We're about to get. It. We're about to just take the league over. It's gonna be an easy year for the Cleveland Browns. Lots of things that I've been seeing just from their social media team. I know they're just gonna dominate every team across the board. I think really? they might go undefeated this year. That's enough
2: of that. Oh. Hey, this is where my mind was. Aaron Rodgers with the Packers for so long, I said he wouldn't even beat anyone in his own conference. And I started listening off the 49ers and Eagles and Redskins. And you guys just all sat there and listened. Flip it. He's not beating anybody in the AFC. Oh. And he certainly wouldn't beat any of those three teams that I listed if they made it to the not
3: beating the Bills. He's not beating the Dolphins. No. No. I,
2: I will say
0: Bears. this, though. I will say this. I, I truly think you never know. With Aaron Rodgers and the Grand talent nice that is around him, he's terrible. You honestly no, I'm being dead serious. We're taking these takes, but he's I wouldn't be surprised player. to see them in the playoffs. And you just you're just to trying to play could go, either no, could go either way. You're playing. Go either way. I just, I saw a little something in Rodgers where I don't know. I think this is a massive year for him. Oh yeah, to see Deshaun was Watson's it with the but was Just it the issues wild. you are dealing with at Green Bay? Was it not? Or is that who you is? Hey, hey. listen. Deshaun
1: Watson's going to be better. He's going to get a couple more massages. And we're gonna uh, he's going to come uh, out, back down to Houston and get him some massages. All right, Donnie, throw Next up
0: question two and let Ryan talk about it.
1: Coach Prime, my guy, is he going to be bowl eligible first season? Coach Kaduti, go ahead, my guy
3: absolutely the pac 12 sucks coach mm. prime's cheating his ass off they've got unlimited amount of nil money it's happening that dude's mm. gonna and in fact i don't be shocked if that guy go rocks out win and only loses one or two games this year wow wow
0: that's a massive that's, take <laughs> i love it yeah, I,
1: i'm with him Coach to your duty. i'm bro.
0: with him. it's gonna ryan it. <laughs> ryan just continue that train just yeah. seeing what you're gonna say just continue that train you
1: see what i'm gonna say
0: go ahead here
1: we go all I put just in all caps all gas huge supporter of prime if I can hang out with one person and go to dinner with one person it's gonna be prime like I'm gonna roll with my dude Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they're dominating everybody Colorado State Oregon State Stanford Nebraska they're gonna upset two of these teams I'm telling you they're gonna upset a few teams too I'm telling you. Arizona State. It's easy money for Prime. He's
3: bringing his luggage and it's Louie. Oregon State's going to make Oregon State's going to win the Big 12, the Pac 12 this year. Wow. With the Clemson wow. quarterback.
0: I Watch. forgot he we're, went there. You know what's interesting? So I threw the, I threw, to, to create that fan vote, I threw this out on our Twitter. I threw it out on our, Coaches group chat, and I threw out on our players group chat. I wanted to get a different perspective from a lot of people. This was the most divided and closest oh, question yeah. ever on all of those different polls. For me, I'm in all breaks. I look at that schedule and I'm in, I'm a coach prime guy, man. I love the things he's about. I love the staff he's assembled, dude, Sean Lewis and his O-line coach and everybody else he brought on. They are going to be an exciting brand of football. I just don't know with the schedule and everything else. I don't know if they're bull eligible year one, but I'm going to oh, tell wow. you what. I'm you bought in.
1: Smart, let's get
3: real.
0: I'm bought in. I'm a believer and I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to go all breaks on this one.
2: I can, wow. I'm with Stout on this one. I think, uh, listen, I love his kid at quarterback.
1: No gas uh, going I love,
2: I love coach prime and his attitude he brings. And I think when a couple of these PAC 12 teams ship off to the big 10 next year or year after, it's going to help them a little bit, but I don't see them. They certainly, I don't certainly don't see them beating USC or Oregon or Utah. They're I don't beating, see them beating so UCLA, see. Oregon state. I think they lose to Nebraska. I think they lose to TCU, who I think is going to suck this year. I think three wins is their ceiling, and that's because they're playing. I think one FCS team. Really?
3: Yeah. There's just so much change. Washington State sucks. I think Arizona sucks. I think I think Stanford sucks. I think Arizona State's going to suck.
1: They're beating U.L.C. They're going to beat USC this year. They're going to What? Ooh,
0: that's another. You. you are crazy sitting here saying hey, they're going to beat USC. USC. You Oregon are game wild. I'm like, they're going to lose. Stop, Stop it.
3: Here. Let's get real. Do you know I the quarterback mean, is for USC?
0: But you want to know what's so exciting, just the way we're arguing over it. Everybody oh, that's what we bring it to. That's everybody what everybody else is, too. And it's just the exciting is Louis, see. boys. I think in time... He's going to do great things. And it's a crazy. You looked at that fan vote. You looked at everything else. It was so divided. We're divided. It could go either way. He's there three years. Yeah. Where do you think he's going next, Coach? Florida State. (laughs) And you know what? Norvell's going to get fired. Three years. Interesting. I like that one. Donnie, last one, baby. Let's roll. All right, Ryan, talk about it.
1: Okay, the larger college football conference separate away from the NCAA in the next few years. Will they separate? Here's the thing: I think it's a huge point. I didn't know this. Now I'm dead. I'm so serious until I read our script and everything. And then until I started reading it and digging a little bit deeper into some of these other things people have wrote, I think it's a huge thing to look at with the Big Ten and SEC separating and going away from being with the NCAA.
3: I'm yeah, um,
1: that all gas. I think it's happening.
3: Yeah. I, I, I talked to a bunch of those guys. I talked to a bunch of those guys and they're trying to they're trying to pull away. The biggest difference is you've got these schools that have NIL money that's almost unlimited. And then you got a school like I'll give you an example up there, like Toledo or Miami, Ohio, where those are division one schools that are just trying to keep up and they're just at a different level. I think that really what you're gonna get is you're gonna get three super conferences. I think that's gonna be the elite of the elite. And then I think they're going to break away. To be honest with you, I think the NCAA has found themselves in a situation, man. I think they're going to fall apart. I really do. I think they're screwing it up. They're not regulating a lot of things. NIL, transfer portal, man, it's falling apart. And mm-hmm. I think that's uh, there's a reason I won't go back to college football, man. It, it's a disaster. And I think that at some point in time, something's going to give. And I think that, I think there's going to be three conferences that are just going to break off and make their own world.
0: I'm th- with you. It's interesting. To me, I said all gas, and the only thing from what I read and what I understand is when is the question? You look at the SEC, you look at the Big Ten, you look at Notre Dame, they all have these massive media rights deals where they don't need the NCAA. Mm -hmm. And you look at the NFL, you look at college football, they keep growing too. And with this new thing that we all have experienced and seen is this NIL. And all of this is tying into there's going to be a time getting that money back to the players and splitting away and the bigger conferences leave. And from everything I understand, it's not if, it's when. So I don't know if it's in the next three years, but I'm going to tell you, I personally think soon it's over. I think we're going to see a massive change. When
3: you see the playoff expand after this year, I think that's when you're going to find the results. You're going to find a few teams. The only thing that's going to keep those schools involved is by expanding the playoffs and allowing some of those smaller schools to play. And it's going to last a year or two before they realize they can win a game or two in the playoffs but they can't compete with Ohio State. They can't compete with Georgia. They can't. You can't. You're buying your roster. I think
2: now with the Big Ten and SEC, like, the biggest thing is like maybe now, but certainly when you get, like, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, USC, UCLA, when I think Notre Dame inevitably goes to the Big Ten or Stanford goes there, you look at it and go, okay, like, why do those two conferences need the way? They don't. They have the markets. They'll have the money. They'll have more than enough money. They're going to have the brand. It's like You don't need the NCAA, and all they do is make things worse. They've done it with their treatment of student-athletes, mishandling COVID during the whole season. They did it where handling NIL, you don't need them anymore. They just mess things up. Yes, but I agree with Stout. It's just a matter of when does it fit best.
0: I agree. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. It's a great take, and... The interesting thing for us as high school coaches is, is the trickle down. How does it change what we do, which oh. kind of takes us into this next one. So, Donnie, get us the topic, too. I can't there. wait to hear this.
2: You're there. Yeah, this is an interesting one. This is about how the portal transfer portal has affected both college football and high school. And I, I kind of want to start this one off because I, and may, again, I show my age, I get it, but I, I'm only a couple of years removed from college football. So I got the transfer portal view not too long ago, just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And it's difficult to have an opinion on, right? Cause as all of us who played it, the flexibility for these kids is good to be able to get out of a bad situation or go closer to home or follow your dad to Colorado, right? Like you, you have good situations, but then It allows them also for the world of college ball to be Wild West, for so much tampering to happen, for so much outside influence of people who know nothing about the sport, don't care about the sport. They just care about the money and their name at the school and getting a library one day named after them. There's so much tampering and there's so much heartbreak to it, too that ends up being a worse situation for kids sometimes because you maybe not stay at the best place where it's good for you, the best for you academically or socially or for football. And so I think it's for college, it's just there's so many benefits, but there's so many negatives. And then for high school, I haven't coached long enough in high school, I think to notice the main differences, but some of the numbers Stout's going to get into is where I think I've started seeing a poke in, just the less opportunities for kids all the way from D1, all the way down to NAIA. You're just seeing less and less opportunities, man. It's strange.
0: You throw me out of you, so I'll hop in. i put myself at the end. But I'm going to talk about it, man. So I got to give a little credit to Mark Porter from Scouting Ohio. He put a lot of these out. I don't want to just ever dismiss somebody that did a lot of work, but I was going to
1: say, I was about to do it for you because Mark's <laughs> my guy. No,
0: no, no. Mark did a great job putting this all He's together. And so when you look at Ohio, and Coach, I'm interested to see how this has impacted your area. D1 commits from Ohio in 2023 was 95 scholarship players, and 2022 is 83. Prior to that, if you go all the way back to 2013, so we're looking at a 10-year average almost, 131 players. We're seeing a significant decrease right now in Ohio, just at the D1 level, okay? It gets scarier even the lower levels, right? You look at D2 and D3 combined. In 2023, there was 161 players who earned scholarships. In 2022, 176. Prior to that, you go back to 2013, the average is 272 players. We're talking almost half, okay? And so my thoughts is, Wow. And I'm really torn because I had a very conservative view about NIL and things before, right? The, we don't do it that way type of stuff. And then it changed as I really believed. I've seen how things change. And honestly, my thoughts really changed about NIL and some things when I heard Mike Tomlin talk. So Mike Tomlin hopped on Ben Roethlisberger's footballing podcast, as they call it. And it opened my eyes to talking about how the NIL could impact families and people and things, and it really changed my perspective. I will say the only thing I don't like about where the NIL and where everything is going together is the poaching of players, how a player could develop and do well somewhere and then gets a massive offer and goes somewhere else. But that's a double edged sword. Good for you, kid. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like it's a, such a double edged sword for me. I don't know how to feel about it, but I will say in terms of the high school recruiting in the realm that we're in as a, all of us sitting here, it's scary. And mm. uh, it was scary to hear college recruiters come in and talk about, we'll just go find a skilled player in the portal. And yeah wanting to come in and just recruit linemen and to have really good high school players that nice they'll job. say, No, we'll go get a kid in the portal who has been in college for a year or two and we know has some film or understands college. To me, I'm scared the long term you already see the data, at least in our state, how that's gonna affect high school recruiting. Coach give us that texas perspective it's bad man so really
3: i think what you're seeing is you're seeing a lot of kids like you talked about a lot of kids that at a high school were probably fcs kids tweener kids might pick up a late offer senior eval kids and that now these kids are barely getting a division two scholarship opportunity and i give you a great example i have a running back okay i'm running back right now as a junior going to be a senior 2,900 yards, something like that, as a junior. Unbelievable football player, one of the best running backs ever coached. Not a blazer, not real big, about 190 pounds, five foot nine. Any other time, that kid right there would have ten offers by now at an FCS level. But because he's not an elite Power Five off the top of his head guy, he's not going to get an offer until he's probably sitting in December, maybe. And pray to God that a Division II school is going to take an opportunity a kid like that. I think you're. I think. The portals really hurt high school recruiting. I'm not gonna lie to you, but again, going back to understanding as a college coach, man, my job is on the line. People are on that instant gratification thing where it's all about time. Hey, man, if I'm a, if I'm a if my coach, I got two years. I can choose between a 17 year old kid I got to take a chance on, or a 21 year old kid who's been developed for three years. You know, who maybe started at a at a. Group of five school and balled out. And now he can play for me at Penn State. For example, the defensive end from Penn State that went to Temple. I think the portal's not a bad thing. I think they need to restrict it. I think they need to regulate it. Now, I think the problem we're running into right now is NIL. I think that's real. I think the NIL has completely destroyed what college football should and will be. I had a college, I had a guy, actually a quarterback coach at an SEC school came by about three weeks ago. We were talking and he said, do you know what the average rate for a quarterback in the SEC is not a starter. The average pay to a quarterback
0: in the SEC. Take a guess, guys. Fifty thousand. No, stop it. Just the uh, average guess. I'm gonna go ahead and say seven hundred fifty thousand. We're talking third
1: stringers, everybody. I was that's what I was just saying about like two hundred fifty thousand around there, One, One, two, five hundred thousand.
3: One. million. (laughs) That's the going rate for an SEC quarterback right now. That's crazy. There's a reason why Bo Nix isn't leaving and working. There's a reason why he's going to play 19 effing years because he's going to make more in college than he is in the NFL, which is great. Good for the kid, right? But the problem you're running into is that guy's proven himself. There's a kid just up the road here that got offered $500,000 a semester at 17 years old, tax-free money. Okay. 1099. If he graduates, he gets $1 million a semester. Gets it all in a lump sum.
1: That's crazy.
3: These are the That's NIL. Crazy. So this is what they're doing, right? And now these kids are expecting to get paid and they're thinking right now, think about it. Did you see the news today? They talked about the NCAA,
1: the new football mm-hmm.
3: 24 game. They're yep. saying to the NIL collective saying, well, we're not going to pay each kid $500 for their naming rights. Then we're just going to boycott blah, 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 blah.
1: Are you kidding me, bro?
3: Shut up and just enjoy the fact that you're in a video game, kid. Yeah, seriously. And I, I guess I'm struggling with it because now you bring in, we talked about this before, right? We bring into the you bring in those street agents. You bring those people that don't really give a crap about those kids. Now you have agents for 17 year old kids that are making three percent of that million dollars. And these guys right here are making a living on some 17 year old kid. You don't know them doing damn different man. I it has to now well,
1: is it good in Texas like high school? Are you guys doing it with high school football?
0: They put it on legislation this year. They're going to talk about doing it. See, we it, It's just interesting because we – It
1: got shut down for us.
0: It got it, shut down massive in Ohio. But it
1: wasn't even a question. No. It was it's interesting
0: just, to hear the perspective um, of Tennessee. So last week's guest, Tyler Manus, they have it just within the last year really? or so. And it was interesting to hear him say that
1: it's not really something.
0: Yeah, it's there, but he said for him, most Mom of the time, shop. it was kids who have already, seniors who have graduated and getting ready to go to college. I I was was
1: like for me, what I would be scared of is just, bro, like in the city league, it already gets crazy with the parents. And for us, like when we went to Gehanna, we had a situation with one of my parents going to one of their parent or one of their coaches, even. We just have a little different environment, a little crazy out there, but. What's going to happen when the kid is maybe down the road and is making a little bit of money out of this and then the mom or dad's coming to me? Hey, that's mm-hmm. something that's like, hey, that's money now. People are willing to kill over that.
0: Coach, hey, quick question. Yo. Are the public and private schools separated in your state? Yes. So they're, they're
3: not even the same governing body. And that's one thing about Texas that I love. Wow. Well, so well, this is, this all right, go ahead, coach. I know because I know Ohio and Pennsylvania. I know those school, like they brought them together. I think it's bullshit. St- I, that's a whole other story. But here, instead of having private schools, we have public schools that have open enrollment.
0: We have a few. It depends what district you're in. So, so to, give, to here, give you an example, we're not open enrollment, but the very next district next to us, district Reynoldsburg, they are. Really?
3: Yeah. So state championship this year, 6A, 5A, 4A. Two divisions, right? So you have 6A, 5A, 4A. You have the two divisions at six games. That's 12 teams. 11 of those 12 teams are open enrollment. Wow. The 6A division one state championship game in Texas last year has been the same two schools for the past three years. It's Duncanville and North Shore. South Dallas, North Houston, both of those schools, twenty-two and twenty-two. That's forty-four starters of the forty-four starters,
0: thirty-seven did not live in that school district. Wow! And see, we we experienced that a little bit on our level. So, what do you experience, especially with private schools? Private. So we get into that not as much with the open enrollment. To give an example, we made it to the final four last year. Oh, and, yeah. And we lost to a very storied program who's on their sixth or seventh stage. I don't even know at this point in time. Must be oh wow. And they had kids from over 50 counties on their teams. So because it's the age old here in Ohio. It's not so much open enrollment. We have a massive public versus private thing going yes. on. You name the Lakewood St. Ed's, the Akron Hobins, the you name it. And it is the whatever it is, and I'm not a I'm not a whiner, man. I'm not sitting here whining, but it's no. just a something at the done. end of the day. I it's just so different. It's, just, it's very interesting. News. It's so interesting to hear the perspectives of other states. And that's what I like to hear. Is and, and so for us, it's not
3: about the, the private schools on the problem. The problem is those open enrollment schools that yeah. get
0: kids in.
1: I don't um, think look, Stout, I'm gonna disagree that it's like the only the private schools now. It's getting crazy out here. Go on Twitter right now in Columbus, Ohio, in central Ohio. Look at these transfers. There's transfers going all over this city right now. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are going to only a certain three schools, maybe a certain two schools. That are in Central Ohio and they're seeing all these kids going to those schools, and it's maybe just moving into the district. Yeah, maybe they moved into the district. Maybe a school shut down that's close by. Maybe they may lost a coach something. Then they're moving. They're all moving into these different schools, or, or maybe they're moving into one school. But for us, I don't. I think it is just an issue in general right now with kids in high school. I miss the day. Like I miss Northeast Ohio in this sense because in Central Ohio it happens a lot more in Northeast Ohio. Like. Dude, we have one kid that was different, that was not from Austin Town Fitch and didn't grow up from Austin Town Fitch. One kid.
0: I'm with you, man. I think it's a generational thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting here knowing
1: Central Ohio. There's only a certain few in Central Ohio. Like they all go to.
0: What's tough is obviously we're a team this year that has been attracting some of that stuff. So I can't shy away from it. I just think that the landscape has changed. I think it has been a trickle down of college football. I think what we see yeah, at the I higher think, levels trickles now. down to families and to kids. And I, the game has completely changed. I'm with you. Like it, it is completely different from oh, where we yeah. were there. I don't know what the long term is going to be. But it's I just. Be messy. I just hope we protect this great game, man. You know what I mean? And We don't lose what was so great about it. I'm
1: scared it. that the high school football is going to go away and we're going to go straight to AAU stuff. It's just going to be all these seven-on-seven coaches coaching football because, really, for us, the rule of not letting us coach. You said you can't even coach your seven-on-seven in some tournaments. There's times we can't coach our kids or whatever, like in seven-on-seven stuff or, like, coach, really coach ours. We have some rules like that, but they can go – get coached by a person that's not certified or a person that doesn't do the CP or all the classes we have to do.
0: And it's cool. And I think the scary part too, is like, so like what coach said, but like around here in Ohio, we're scared of, okay, you pass NIL in Ohio and now all these private schools who have all these massive backings and all this money now have nal money. And that's is, what we're mega scared of. Is it, is it
3: on. changing or is it just becoming public? What's actually happening?
0: Oh, for sure, it's probably like, yeah, coach. Like absolutely, but now it is a free pass, and even you're pouring gasoline on the fire, and that's oh. what we're worried about. So this is I can't. It's interesting. I'm scared, and I just wonder: Are we the? Are we going to be a thirty for? Is football going to be a thirty for thirty down the road? Oh We're yeah, in the next wrong. decade or so about this NIL or transfer portion. I think there's positives which we've all talked about, but there's a lot of negatives and I don't think anybody knows what's right because it's situational. At Any time you can make a an argument pro or I tra- con.
3: I transferred, man, and I sat my year and I did my thing. It was cool. Like you do yeah. you deal with it.
2: Like this
1: get your punishment. That's where I think it, you – not punishment, but you have to sit your year.
2: So a, I think that's changing. And if any of you guys know, correct me if I'm wrong, they did that – I think that was part of COVID. No, COVID was just the extra year. So that the extra years, we're going to see some – they changed it right before COVID, I think, or right after. Where it was like, nope, no more sitting out. You get one free pass. And then yeah, COVID uh, – Yep, COVID gave me the extra
3: on top of that. There is a legislation passing in Texas. It's going to the. It's going in legislation right now in Texas that they're talking about allowing kids here one free transfer.
0: Jeez, I I personally think at the college level, you should get a pass if they're because we've all seen it, man. These college coaches that leave, it's not the same. Here's what I. I think
3: I talked to the old line coach at Arkansas at a clinic one day. And we were talking about this. And he and I agreed: you can transfer one time, but you got to start. You got to be
0: there for two years. Got to stay for two years. We I need we, two years, one per transfer. We need stipulations and oversight. Yeah. Is what you're saying? 100 yeah. percent agree. I, you just, I agree. the
3: problem is we just don't regulate anything
0: with like IL and there's transfer no regulation. portal. We need like what you said: oversight, regulation, it's governing body, red tape something that locks this thing up to be better and, mm-hmm. and this is this is great donnie it's time to talk about this man's offense let's go <laughs> final topic x's and o's com, where you could find out about the wide shoot system. And I can't wait to hear about this. We are a big believer in the wide or outside zone or stretch system here at Gahanna as well. We love it. We run a ton of it. Coach, take the floor and talk to us about the wide shoot system.
1: I'm about to go to sleep. I'm a defensive guy. Uh, I'm playing.
3: And I'll give you the quick rundown, man. So I played. I played for Kubiak Shanahan those guys so that's where I learned the wide zone right and that's the system I believe in I'll give you a quick story I was defensive coordinator in Missouri my first couple years and uh, we were in the playoffs and we played a small white cat all white Catholic school out of central Springfield and uh, we're in the second round of playoffs and I remember we I was defense coordinator I remember we should have beat the crap out of them I had five or six division one kids and I remember playing this game it was the first quarter and I remember playing, them. they line up in eye formation, tight ends, all kinds of motions, but it was very basic offense. And I remember every time they'd hand the ball off, they'd get four freaking yards. Every damn time. And then anytime I'd stop him, he would throw a boot or a scramble, or he'd throw a sprint out or a screen and get 15. And I remember because we got the, they got the ball first, okay? They took eight minutes of the first quarter, okay? It was 21 plays. We went three and out on offense. They got the ball back. We never saw the ball again the entire first half. Jeez. Just straight controlled the game. And so we're now we're down 10 nothing and a half. Okay. We get the ball, we get it on the score. It's 10-7. They go down on a 27-play drive and they score, and it's 17 to 7. We don't see the ball again the rest of the game. Jeez. After we score again. And I remember just going, what in the hell? dude, I don't understand what happened. I can't figure this out. This is it's the most frustrating thing on earth to me, man. And so I went and I talked to their head coach who, I, who we had played together actually down in Houston. And, we had, and he's like, dude, it's li- literally, dude, I'm running what we ran with the Texans. I'm just dumbed it down. And I was like, what? No freaking way. And so I went back and looked at it. That's what it was. It was wide zone, inside zone, boot, screens, sprint out. That's all it was. No drop back, nothing. So I told myself if I ever called offense again, that's what I was going to do. And that's what I did. So make a long, again, continue the story. So when I was at BYU, I learned the run and shoot, right? So I learned the run and shoot. I was very heavy in it. My first head coaching job in Missouri, actually, I ran the run and shoot and we freaking threw the ball. In fact, I called two games that year without calling a run play. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, and so when I came down to Texas, I started marrying the two together, right? I started running the wide shoot. I started running a wide zone. I started running that offense. And then I started running the run and shoot with it. And so I started just combine the two, man. And I got real lucky and I had some great kids. I had some freaking football players. My left tackle was starting left tackle for the Steelers. My one of my receivers, free safety starts for the Packers. One of our other receivers plays for someone in Canada. Dude, just freaking dudes, right? And so you get lucky and you get these kids, and all of a sudden people think I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> and so, really, what it boils down to is I understanding what I do. So, offensively, man, so like this year, we scored 57 points a game, We scored over 75 twice, and we run wide zone and I run a version of toss. I run boot and sprint out and screens, and that's all I run. I have no gap scheme. I have no, I run no gap scheme. I run no drop back, and everything based itself off of the one play. So wide zone, strong to the right, everything's based off of it. I was teaching one of our new coaches today about it. Just understanding how I, this is my day one install, and this is everything that goes off it. This is how we run our screen off it. This is how we run our play action off it. This is how we run our boot off of it. Here's how we run all of our compliments off of it. But my O-line doesn't know anything different. My O-line knows, they know two blocking schemes on run. They know one pass protection, which is their play action, which is wide zone. They know their screens, which are blocked the exact same way. And, so it really, and people started asking questions about it and just how we did it. And so I, just, I put a bunch of hours into it. I was like, you know what? Let's just put this together. People keep asking me about it. And I have no problem sharing stuff. But I spent I spent weeks putting this thing together, and I was like, you know what? I'll just I'll make I'll make a little bit of money. I, this is how I pay for my co- some of my coaches' meals and shit. As I just I don't really cash cow anything for me. It's just a, it's a way to help my coaches. Like Championship Productions is supposed to be coming down, I think next week, and doing like a whole like studio setup, and I'm just getting all my coaches with me, and and they're gonna coach it, and they're gonna teach it, and the royalties are gonna go to those guys, man. They're not gonna go to me. I don't give a crap. For me, it's I want these guys to be able to help, and I I want to teach people. I enjoy football, man. At one point in time, believe it or not, man, I, during COVID, I had a YouTube channel, believe it or not, that had about 95,000 subscribers. And all I did was break down film and broke down film. I had all 22s from everywhere. I did. I have so much film, right? And people kept asking questions and I broke it down and, and I had a good time doing it, man. And I, I kind of did what you guys did. interview interviewed some other coaches, man. I had some dudes on there. And when Catapult Sports took over NCAA football film rights, they shut me down because of uh, copyrights. Shut me down in less than thirty seconds. I lost. A lot. I see
0: that happening to a lot of stuff, and I just don't. I understand it, but man, social media—what it can do for all of us as coaches and what we all can learn in that network of social media—is just crazy. So, I want to just rewind a little bit. And you talked about outside zone or wide zone, yeah. and we love it too, and we do it. I know it's a big scheme in the nfl when you talk about a lot of west coast systems as well do you pay you said you paired that with inside zone as well used to we pair it so
3: we pair it right now with a version of a toss it's almost like a pin pull but it's not really okay that's it because of the answers. because everyone's everyone wanted to pinch the edge or create solo blocks because everybody watched the patriots play the rams in the most boring defensive super bowl of all time and so they Everyone goes back and watches that game when they play us. And to be honest with you, the answer is very simple. We get on the edge. That's what we do. We get on the edge. We run a bunch of jet sweeps and stuff. I run a bunch of compressed stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so we're, my philosophy right now is, and this is my philosophy since I coach football is, I find out what everybody's doing and I do the opposite. Down here. Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Keep going. Go for it. Everybody down here, man, the three, four quarters, four, two, five, five DBs stopping the spread everybody down here runs rpos okay cool i'm playing with two tight ends and three running backs let's go play football Yeah. i don't care like i coach i got in maryland eye for an entire game this year <laughs> the maryland eye hey you'll enjoy this oh in our so in our team he's gonna he's, watch film of us and he's gonna hire me donnie it's <laughs> awesome bro and our team if you're a
0: caucasian and you're a running back you must have a neck roll on yeah <laughs> I think a lot of people that probably listen are familiar with an outside zone scheme. Yeah. But you want to know what before we talked, the run and shoot has been a term I've heard. Yeah. But it's not a popular offense that a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about. You know what I mean? And I think you hear about the air raid, you hear about the spread. I had to do a little research about the run and shoot and things when I did a little research about the run and shoot, I said it was started here in Ohio. Is that correct, Coach? Yeah, it was. Glenn Ellison, is that correct? Yeah. Tiger Ellison. He called it the lonesome polecat. That's it. Because he would overload one side with an extra wide receiver and run his QB the other side. Talk to us about what makes the run and shoot unique for people who probably don't know about the run and shoot. Yeah. Everybody on here.
3: So, in a lot, down here in Texas, the big thing, you hear people talk about Art Briles and the deep choice concepts. That's a thing, right? He got, that is a basic, that is a very simplified version of the run and shoot. So, the run and shoot is, if I had to break it down for you, the most simplistic concept, it's backyard organized football. So, there is, in every scheme in the run and shoot, there is an option route. And that option route is based on what's happening around it. Like today in seven on seven, our base concept was in and I think the the old days, they called it like 60 X go. If I was in trips, number one receiver, mandatory outside release, mm-hmm. if he sees cover two, he slows down, looks for a whole shot. Number two, he runs what's called a, he called, they call it a snap route. All right. Or a look route. He's going to take outside release. He's going to bend outside as hard as he can. He's going to get by the second level. He's going to read the safety. If the safety's over the top of him, he's going to snap it off, bend it, slam inside, find the open window. If nobody's there, if the guy plays over the top in cover two, he's going to snap it. He's going to bend it between the two safeties. And if the guy is man to man, he's going to snap that off and dig it all the way across the field. It's an option route. He has an option. He can only do three or four things, but there's a chemistry built. If you think about, if you go back and look at all the times that Hawaii was really good back when June Jones, Nick Rolovich, that's run and shoot Washington state. When they had Rolovich, that's run and shoot the Houston Oilers, Warren moon, that's run and shoot the Buffalo bills. When they were making all their runs, that's the run and shoot. It's a very expensive offense that requires quarterbacks and receivers to be on the same page. And you have to have the kids to do some of it, man. Like you have to have a quarterback that can make that throw. You have to have a receiver that can read on the run. Like a lot of the routes are not designated routes. It's, hey, you're going to snap this past the second level. It might be eight yards. It might be 17 yards. I need you to find the open window. Quarterback's got to see it. He's going to hold the ball a little bit. And everything's a half roll to give him a little more time. So really it goes back to it. It's basically a passing game with an option route attached to it every play.
1: Coach, I love you said it. Something there go yourself. ahead. You Ryan, have, go ahead
0: before I dive into a million questions. That's why I I'm have ready. too many,
1: and so shut up, Stout. You've been talking too much, and you're ugly. So next, we'll go for you, Coach. I you said personnel, all that stuff. How much does like your running shoe system change year to year? Because obviously, in high school, like you just said, like you had, you're the biggest growing district. You don't know who's pulling up. Okay. You don't know who's coming. Do you change it a lot or you just run your system and those kids got to buy in?
3: No, the kids know, it and so they understand, and the kids buy in. So for me, it goes back to I gotta, I'm going to run what I run. I have to get those kids in the right spot. So like for me, even out of the compressed look that I ran with those tight ends and stuff, I still ran my, those plays. I just found a way, okay, now we're going to do is we're going to take that tight end. We're going to release some harder outside. It's the same stuff. It's the same concepts. I just find a way to get those personnel kids involved in it. But so, like some years, I throw it a lot. Like some years I'm out there, I'm half rolling, I'm freaking putting that bitch on it and going. And some years, like last year, we weren't that great at it. So we would sprint out and I had two concepts. We would run the choice concept with the outside receiver. He had a choice. He could run the stuff. He could run the comeback at about 13, right? He could run the the vertical, he could run the vertical or he could run a skinny post, all based on what that corner in front of him was doing. And we would sprint out to it and the quarterback had to read that on the run. And that was our big one, right? That was our big That was our big play, right? We're gonna we're gonna sprint out to a choice concept, and he's either gonna hit that thing on a comeback, he's gonna hit the skinny post, or he's gonna just throw his head and he's gonna get vertical. And so we have our kids have to understand how to read that on the run.
2: Donnie, I had a I had an O line specific question. Go ahead. You said. That it's only a couple concepts in the run game and one or two maybe in pass pro for them. I think a lot of times with O linemen, you see them get bogged down because they have different steps for gap scheme, then zone scheme, then full slide, then you're on the man side of pass pro, now you're on, now yeah. you're doing a screen. How much quicker did you see your guys up front when you first started doing this, first started getting the hang of it, start to relax and let their play
3: kind of benefit from that? Because they only had to do. Not, there's only four no. concepts really to learn. Well, our you know O-line, I mean? the O-line for us is treated like gods, man. And so everything that I do is geared toward them. I'm a fat guy at heart. And so everything mm-hmm. we do is geared toward them. So my whole philosophy is how can I make my job easier for those guys? The little people are dime a dozen, man, whatever. They can throw, they can run, whatever. Those guys up front, they better know what's going on. So for me, if I'm going to run sprint out protection, I just run wide zone the other way and seal the two guys off the edge with the running backs. My old line's running boot protection. They don't have it. they don't know. They don't even know it's sprint mm-hmm. out. They just think it's the quarterback's going that way. They don't give a shit. And so when we run play action, it's the same thing. They, they set up, they settle up, and then they're good to go. They just, they know their combos for their wide zone, and that's how they play it. And they just know that if I'm running, if we're running boot or sprint out, they just keep on running down the line, tack the heel, smoke the ribs. If they know they're running play action, they take their three steps and settle up, and they've got their same combos. Nothing changes. And so, Everything that we do, if we want to add something or we want to try to develop something, it goes back to, okay, how can those O-linemen have a much easier response to what we're doing? Do I have to change anything for them? Because if I do, I'm not doing it. Love that. Take notes, Coach out Do stop everything that. for the O-linemen
0: and the O-line I already coach. do. Stop it. Stop it. It's a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, not, I'm you know, very interested.
1: A pretty boy's the ball. That's all you do.
0: <laughs> so... What's interesting for me a little bit is getting into this run and shoot a little bit and uh, talking about it. Obviously, it's it talks about it's at its core. It's a lot of motion. It's a lot of different things for me. As I start to think about it. How what do you do to win? So I'll rewind. Here's where I'm going because this is great for me. We've started to experiment with some of these option routes. So the majority, like you said, the passing game is a lot of option routes. Historically, that has not worked well for us and a lot of coaches you talk about. What do you do or what's the secret to get the option routes to work at the high school level? Practice. You run option routes. We run so like we have
3: drills where we run merry-go-round, pat and go, whatever it is, and we'll run option routes. Have the slot scene, have the slot scene read here, slot scene read here, and they're just doing this. You read the safety. What's the safety doing? What's safety doing? What's safety doing? They just the big thing is the quarterback and the receiver have to be on the same page. I thought you were doing this. They can't think. They just got to know. I know my kid. If he sees this and I hold, he's gonna bend it in. I can throw it. Like tonight, I had a new kid playing slot receiver that just moved in. And he like he did something. My quarterback was ready. Right, he was like, "Oh!" Sh-. And my quarterback threw it. And he was ir- it was kind of one of those awkward. It looked forced, right? So then I was like, "Hey, man, hey, come in here." And I brought one of the other kids in. and Said, "Hey, run the snap route, run the look. Hey, I'll show them what we're looking for." Kid runs outside, and he as soon as he passed second level, he peaks. Quarterback doesn't throw in the ball. He sees him holding it, so he knows oh, I'm snapping that thing off. Comes across the middle. right? Quarterback hits him because the quarterback was looking at the safety robbing over the top of it. You know what I'm saying? So. Our receiver is running the same read and he's looking and he see, he get, runs by a second level. And we tell him, snap your head and look. If the quarterback throws you the ball, get ready. If he doesn't throw you the ball and he's looking at you, you better freaking snap that thing down and get across because the quarterback sees something that you don't see. And so you have to be on the same page. It just takes time. It's expensive, man. It really is. And you have to, for me, I don't have drop back, right? So like that stuff comes out of sprint out or boot. So for us, our kids are rolling to it or
0: waiting. And that's another interesting point because for me, what I see a lot around us is it's really hard to protect sprint out. So for as a play caller, when I think about it, not off the boot, I understand the boot concepts were great, how do you protect that sprint out side of things? And I think you already touched about it yeah, a little bit I, about your O-line goes maybe the other way and yeah. you seal so the we edge. Run, so again, so we gotta remember like all I run is wide zone. So I run wide zone.
3: So everyone, so kids are gonna flow. They flow to what we do, right? There's no second guessing kids flow. So if I'm gonna run sprint out to the right, I run wide zone left up front. I just take my either tight end or hoop my H back, whatever it is, he is the first man outside the tackle. My tailback runs, he's got the second thing outside the tackle, quarterback gets his depth, and he starts running. If those kids, if I run that and those kids aren't and the defense isn't flowing for the first three steps, then I'm just gonna keep running the damn ball. Let's get real. They're not honoring it, we're just gonna keep going with it. And so everything we do develops off of that. So I don't waterfall protect, I don't pin and wheel.
0: Again, it goes back to those kids are running boot, they're running boot protection the other way. See, I think that's what is very interesting to talk to you about tonight because. We don't see that around here. You know what I mean? I think a lot of traditional spread offenses or the air raid offenses, they're going to reach, they're going to set a wall, they're going to try to set the edge. That requires teaching. And it does, but too, though, too, and that's what I mean, though, it makes it very hard. Defenses understand that and they're going to blitz that edge a lot. You know what I mean? And so that's why I was so excited to hear your perspective of how you do it because I read that a lot of the Run and shoot is sprint out. So it's interesting to hear about how the misdirection is built in.
3: Yeah, it's all sprint out or half roll. Because it takes longer to develop, man. It does because you have to read it on the run. I love it. Coach, how much do you
1: dig into the defensive side of things on your team?
3: Say that again? How much much am I involved in the defense?
1: Yeah, how much do you dig into your defensive stuff?
3: Don't touch it. I just tell them what I want. My first year here, I taught Hyder DC. I said, listen, this is what I ran at Westbrook. This is what I want. Make it happen. I want three high. I want this guy doing this. Other than that, I don't give a shit. My first year, I loaded everybody on defense and said, stop people. I don't care how you do it. And now man, I'm different now. So I'm different, man. My philosophy is different. I'm that guy, dude. I go for it every fourth down. I punted the ball nine do. times all year last year.
1: Fairly, <laughs> we tried to. If we're by the 50, if we're at our, even our 40, we're going yeah. for it.
3: I don't give a shit. I call plays going on. For, I'm, going for, I'm, going for, I'm going for it fourth down. So I know I have four downs. If it's so less than five,
1: think. we're going for it every time. If it's five um, or less, we're going for it every time. Yeah, but for you, what are the defenses in Texas that you're seeing a lot more of nowadays? I mean, What's so, a lot of the defenses?
0: That good question.
3: Been? When I first got to Texas, at the big level, everybody ran the three, four quarters, the four-eye tight front. Mm-hmm. They ran that. So um, that was
1: when? how many years ago? I'm sorry, Coach
3: seven years eight years seven. ago okay the past couple years i've started to see some people move to some things that i still see that a lot i'd say probably half my games i might see that but right now i think the big thing right now a lot you see a lot of the three high trap two stuff a lot of it i don't see it as much because of what we do offensively you can't run that that's
1: what i was gonna ask you is like how much is like you are on film, isn't that tough? You're saying a lot of teams are on RPO games and are running this stuff. Uh-huh. So you're not seeing what they're gonna present with you. So
3: you gotta understand. So looking back to it, if I think you're a three heights, if you have five DBs on the field, I'm gonna run twenty-two personnel or thirty-two personnel the entire game. I'm just going to because I don't I'm just not gonna let your DBs play football. I'm gonna make them tackle.
1: That's where it's brutal for us. That's what St. Charles did to us last year. And
3: and the other thing is we do a bunch of motion shifting. We do a bunch of that stuff. We're always, and we're under center a lot. We run a bunch of jet, a bunch of rocket stuff. And so my philosophy on it is real simple, man. It's, it's, I'm going to make, I don't care what you run defensively. I don't care. We tell our kids a lot. Like really, I don't really scout guys. I watch our film more than anybody else. I just find out who your fish are, who I want to attack. But for the most part, I don't give a shit what you run. Because you can only run so many things against what we do. For our philosophy is I just got to make sure my kids know the rules. Because we, there are times we'll see flavor of the week, man, because we do some weird shit, man. I'll be in a compressed set with four receivers to a side and my running backs over out wide in a jet motion. I'm running to a freaking seven-man blocking surface. And so we'll do stuff like that. But we'll shift into it, motion into it. So for me, I can't really say, hey, they're going to be in a 3-4 quarters. They're going to read number two. So that's really what we see. And I'd say the three high and the other thing, the other thing that's starting to come back here is just the old four, two, five cover three, man. That's, that's what golden. I was gonna ask. That's
1: what we run. I run four, two, five, cover three, single yeah, high. That's, that's become, a, that's we become a over. here. I was under my first two years, but now we're going over front now. Yeah. Really a lot of times, shoot, I run tough and we go double B. We just yeah. go rock double B-gaps and let, them get, let it ride. I
3: see, because of what we run offensively, I see a ton of double A-gap blitz. I see a bunch of people that just want to blitz us. Right. Um, yeah, I'm thing. starting
1: to introduce more this year's dropping back our weak side DN, right? Like, mm-hmm. our we call it our Leo and our defense, but dropping him back, trying to run a lot of more sim pressures and stuff this year. So we'll see how that works
3: yeah. That stuff doesn't bother because does it doesn't
1: matter with you, right? Like I mean, with water we're, so comp- we're
3: so compressed, you have to play, you have to be very sound in what you do. Right. And that's what I found is you can do all the sim pressures and the fire zones, all in the you the want. Game. But dude, if I run up and fucking Maryland die double tight, buddy, you better not sim pressure shit. <laughs> yes.
1: yeah, no, I mean, that's literally what St. Charles did to us. We lost 42 to 21, whatever oh. the beginning got scraped, and it was because. We were man, we're blitzing. We're trying to blitz. It. And then we finally just went, like, bare front. We went, engaging. Yeah. They, their kids at this point were just kicking our kids' ass, yeah. running down our throat. It,
3: it, it's a mentality, man. I'm sure you guys know. So, like, for us, we played week seven or eight. We played at Manville High School, which is probably one of the most talented high schools in Texas. It tells you how talented they were. Garrett King, do you remember him? Oh, yeah. In Miami. Oh, Garrett King was the quarterback. Do you remember the quarterback that was at Florida who plays for the Buccaneers now? Kyle Trask. Yeah, Kyle yep. Trask was the backup and never started a game for that football team in high school. That's their team. Like they have, so they have, they've got dudes everywhere. Like they're unreal. And the only way we can play with them, we can't, coach, I'm slow. My kids aren't fast. I don't have athletes. I got some running backs. I got no line of blocks of dicks off. We line coaches, no lie to you, brother. We line up in the double tight, straight T and ran wide zone and boot and wide zone yes. all the way down the field. Three yards behind the line of scrimmage, three point stances, and said, Let's fucking go. Yeah, it, it really, I, and the crazy part is my kids are so brainwashed, they love that shit. They're like, Coach, this yeah. is
0: awesome. I'm laughing because we're so multiple, too. That's what's funny. Yeah, They're we'll so go to, cool. we'll go to empty with the same personnel the next play. Yeah, yeah. We're a very, we run That's a ton word. of personnel groupings. Like we, what do we have, Donnie? Like six or seven personnel groupings last year, mm-hmm. something yeah. like in new ones and something because, like twenty-five yeah. to thirty formations out of that, and just tried to win all that situational football. That's we're honestly, trying to buy into that.
1: That's our huge thing this year, is because we have twenty-seven returning letters. It's my first time having like guys back, and we're trying to buy into that stuff, and it just runs practice so, so much more. over coaches. just have fun, man. It's just great. Uh, well I, mean,
0: I think the more multiple you are the more it helps for that fluctuating of what your team's strengths are that year oh yeah because we I I it who i am I can just move yeah. people around yeah the
1: reason why we're doing it is because i like i told our offense coordinator man you know how much it kills me when we got a team like St Charles or somebody that's gonna go empty and then it's gonna line up and two back with two tight ends you know what i mean it, it come downhill it it's hard
3: it's hard it's two different philosophies yeah, I agree. And that's us, man. That's really – so it boils down to who we are, and that's what we have to be, man. Like this year in spring ball, my last week, spring ball, I just said F it. We lined up in double tight, straight T, and said we're fucking running – we're on the ball. We're just going to run down your damn throat. You're going to like it. I have fullbacks. I have tight ends. I have a bunch of pissed off dudes that want to play football. You got to understand something. Like the district that I play in down here, I think we did the math. It was 67 Division One football players we played against this year. Wow. I have zero. Thirteen games we played.
1: Living two. two. Zero. Crazy.
0: I'm gonna yeah. watch more, man. I can't wait. And we had I'm zero. A-
3: like I have no division one kids. Dude, my quarterback weighed 140 pounds. My left tackle played receiver the year before.
1: Coach, how many guest bedrooms you got in that house? We were <laughs> all coach for you. No,
3: come
0: on, man. Sit. Right. Hey. The dirty F is a bunch of degenerates, brother. Hey, I'm from the dirty F a little
1: bit about it, so I'll I'm it a
0: deep, I'm a deep dive this, man, because it has been everything that is what we do a little bit in some different ways. Ryan, cap this up for us, man.
1: Thank you everybody for joining again tonight. Coach Kaduti. thank you so much, dude. We appreciate you a ton. I know I appreciate an all gas guy like you. I love the mm-hmm. juice. It it got me juiced up with having you on Hell here. Yeah. And obviously, we want to give another shout-out to Fundraiser University. Brent Maxwell always taking care of us. Our Pick 6 segment was phenomenal again tonight, one of my favorite segments. And then we also had we had a lot of all-gas stuff tonight. You guys mm-hmm. are going to have to listen in on those questions. And then also, we talked more football tonight at the end of this than we have on our previous segments. A lot of it's like just talking and chatting up with coaches. But Coach Caduti, thank you for not – Being scared, not being afraid to show your cards. I know you got your own website and everything, but thank you for you leaving us with Steph, and now I'm sure Stout's going to be calling you here soon, and I'm sure I'm going to have my office coordinator (laughs) and wanting to talk with you.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a with coach, and we're just going to show, we're going to share some nitty gritties together. I, a we're gonna drink. I'm gonna drink. I ain't going to share it to anybody else but him. I want to see his good stuff, and I'm going to show him my good stuff. And I can't wait because I'm a multiple guy and I love it.
1: Can I just join just to look at the defensive side things and drink the 12 pack with you guys while we're on? For sure.
0: But You're hey, too. everybody, don't forget, follow Coach Caduti. On his Twitter account, it is absolute an electric factory. That's how we found him. If you want to know more about the wide shoot system, which now I'm absolutely, my gears are spinning right now. Mm -hmm. You go to coachkadoody.com, which is where I found a lot of information. Don't forget to follow us. Don't forget to reach out to us. Our show's been growing and we love it. I'm not going to say it yet but there's a massive guest coming on next week. And I can't wait to chop this one up and put a bunch of highlights out from coach. So coach, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate you. Absolutely. You did some big things. And now I followed you. I followed your program. We're ready to see you go chase the championship next year. You're going to do it. I believe it. Appreciate you, boss. Appreciate you. All right, man. Everybody take care. God bless. Appreciate you guys.